Hello, hello. Good Hi. morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever everybody is. Hello, replay viewers. Hello, Gemma. Hey. How are we doing today? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Can't complain, nice weather and all. <laughs> right on. Uh, another beautiful day here in Maryland. Um, hasn't been too bad, the weather, these past couple of days, so. I think it always makes you feel better when it's nicer weather. Like certainly does for me anyway. <laughs> definitely. Definitely does. Uh, I could deal without it being so hot all the time, but yeah, other definitely. than that. <laughs> uh, certainly humidity here. It's so humid. <sighs> so people will be coming in and replay viewers. This is also for them. Um today uh it's been asked of me uh several times requested a episode on cognitive behavioral therapy or cbt um mm -hmm. so this cbt i know you're well aware of it and uh i mm -hmm. i have pretty decent um background in it now um but cbt it, it envelops so much of what we deal with uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, yeah. It's quite the best way to put it, as uh, I was mentioning in the pre-live, is every episode I've done of this broadcast to, up until today has, uh, in some way, shape, or form, had something to do with CBT. Mm -hmm. um, so... What have you, or what what do you know um, about CBT? Just basic stuff, like off the off before we get into anything deep. Yeah, I am. Um, well, I personally have had CBT a number of times, and they use it to treat many, many different like problems, anxiety, depression, many, many different things like eating disorders. I had it for that. Um, I think certainly my experience, the quality, like the result you get depends on the quality and the knowledge of the person giving it for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, it certainly treats a lot of different like issues, problems. I think, you know, it's there's so many different things that it's supposed to help treat that's for sure that's true everything from we've talked about triggers uh your fears mm -hmm. um basically what they, they they sum it all up in the words uh activating event um, mm. so i mean your abcs of every every field of anything always has its abcs so your abcs of cbt is your activating event would be your A. Um, and that's basically the the trigger or the fear or, um, you know, the, the divorce, uh, whatever uh, you're dealing with at that point in time. Hello there, Anchorman. Welcome to the broadcast. Um, so from what I understand... Um, the basic, just to break it down to the basics, um, the, ba the the bottom line of CBT, and correct me if I'm wrong here, 
um, mm-hmm. is basically to take, you want to take your, your negative thoughts or your negative feelings, emotions, etc., and you want to reframe them, uh, try and look at them in a new light or a better light, yeah. and then and then go ahead and, and uh, try and cope with it or solve it or, you know, come to terms from there. Does that sound good to you? Or? Yeah, yeah. They described it to me as, like, trying to rewire the brain into mm-hmm. not, like, forgetting what happened, but think of it as think of it in a different light like you said trying to rewire what had happened and put as much as you can a positive like spin on it right yeah um so so much of our uh trauma therapy that i got uh down at the rehab center i was at Mm. dealt with exactly that it was taking the uh taking the bad thought or taking what was um, my trauma or, you know, my activating event and, mm-hmm. and just, we didn't really reframe necessarily the, uh, the, the problem itself, but he, the trauma therapist would drag out of me kind of my emotions based on that and then try and reframe those. So yeah. like the long and short of it was like my divorce was a big, a big trigger or a big uh, activating event in my life. It was the biggest trauma that I had to cope with and try and process. And mm. so I think I've mentioned in earlier broadcasts that um, my thought coming out of my divorce was that I was a failure. I had failed at marriage. I failed at life. Um, my three, my three sisters are all happily married to the same person and, and have kids. And, you know, I was the failure and that's what they basically, you know, reframed. It wasn't a failure. It was just an unsuccessful marriage. And you kind of look at it differently that way. Yeah. I hear you. Like I wasn't married to my ex partner with who I had my child with, but that was like, to to think that I'd not succeeded with that relationship and I was coming out of that and meaning that my son wouldn't have his father around, that was really hard for me to deal with as well. Yeah. yeah. Hello there, Lucia. Hey. Welcome in. Lucia, is it, are you guys doing a broadcast right after this today or is that tomorrow? We'll throw it. We'll throw it right to her after we get done here, if that's the case. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, in dealing with um the CBT aspect or or, or framework, how you're looking at things, um, at seven p.m. Okay. Yeah, we'll be finishing up right around there. So we'll throw it over to you. Uh. But yeah, back to CBT. Um. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, There's a multitude of different uh, ways to look at CBT, everything from dialectic to um, um, what's some other ones? Uh, Reprocessing, obviously, uh, we've talked Mm -hmm. about. So I think before we really go 
in into into too much of the cognitive behavioral therapy, we first need to understand cognitive distortions, which is why I pulled this up. I'm going to put us short screen here and pull this into play. Make that number one, the big guy. Cognitive distortions. Um, these, this is a big buzzword in the mental health field. Uh, and yes, Lucia, I did have uh, cognitive behavioral therapy at, at the rehab center I went to. Um, mm -hmm. And, oh, uh, welcome in Aiden. I did catch Aiden's uh, last broadcast with the COD, the Miso COD. I enjoyed that. Um, so welcome in. Um, yeah, so cognitive distortions, understanding those first. These are your, your, your ways of thinking. Um, so you take like my divorce uh, or, or your separation or whatever. And then from there stems the cognitive distortions that move forward in life. Like because uh, like fortune telling or jumping to conclusions is on there. Um, mm. Looking at uh, marriages, if I was to become, which I have remarried, but before I was at a place where I was ready to remarry, I was thinking all marriages are going to be the same. They're just going to end in divorce. And, and, you know, that's jumping to conclusions based on what mm -hmm. I've been through. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I can totally relate with that. And so personalization gets thrown in there as well. Um, uh, emotional reasoning, that's a big one. Uh, all or nothing thinking, that's basically just saying exactly what it says. It's, it's either everything or it's nothing at all. Uh, and, and these just, that's just not a healthy way to think about it. Um, mm -hmm. We, it, you know, we have to give a little, take a little, um, especially in this, well, pretty much in anything in this world, you know? Yeah. Sure. How, uh, how, how frequently do you see yourself running into these cognitive distortions on a day-to-day -day basis and maybe not even realize it? I am. Um recently um certainly through the lockdown period and everything it was happening quite a lot and at first I didn't realize and I've had to really think to myself again like certainly when I realized that it was affecting my eating my eating disorder I had CBT for an eating disorder and that was coming back and I had to like focus on that and think right I know what's happening to me and really try and help myself with it because I've struggled to get the help over here now certainly with everything mm -hmm. that's going on so I, I do do it a lot um, specifically with jumping to conclusions I'm terrible at that like I always think the worst when it comes to myself and mm -hmm. I was in somebody's broadcast earlier and they were on about like um, loving yourself and giving yourself time, and that's definitely something I don't do. I'm I'm very patient and sympathetic with other people, but not myself. Right. Uh, yes. It, I I guess I can put myself in that boat as well. Um, definitely. I I'm harder on myself than yeah anybody. Else. Um. I think that's a really but, common thing. 
Yes, it, it, it is. And um, these, all these cognitive distortions, and, and there's more than just what I found here. I just found this uh, graphic because it gets the point across and mm. it uh, um, looks pretty. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, yeah, there's more than just these. Uh, and the amount of times that we think or, you know, subconsciously think in cognitive distortions or, um, you know, deal with these on a day-to-day basis is, is staggering. Um, hmm. that it happens so many times and you don't even realize it because we're so used to it. Uh, we're so used to f- trying to tell the fortune or fortune telling based on uh, events that have happened in the past because oh, we yeah. think it's always going to be the same, which, I mean, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the reason that we, we started with these cognitive distortions is because understanding those is what is really uh, what CBT is all about. So you want to take these cognitive distortions, which is basically like what I was telling you uh, at the beginning with my trauma therapy, how, what he pulled out of me about how my divorce made me feel were, mm-hmm. in, in fact, these cognitive distortions. So thinking that I was a failure is a cognitive distortion. So we want to reframe that. We want to reframe all of the cognitive distortions that we can identify in in our daily thinking. And that will in turn put out a positive outlook and we can deal with and manage the things a lot easier. So, I mean, and then, you know, going into the grounding techniques that we learned last week, um, all of it tying together within, in cognitive behavioral therapy. So, I mean, a lot to it, and we'll get into some more stuff, but I mean, what, uh, what else can we, can we say about the, um, I don't want to back off of the distortions just yet because i mean that 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 is the huge part of the basics Um, yeah really uh do we have any uh other examples maybe i'm trying to think off the top of my head of something recent well you know you go ahead yeah i know he's one of the biggest things for me um i was diagnosed with um body dysmorphia which is a condition that affects your way of thinking of yourself and your body and i it it was a long time coming because i always saw myself as larger than i am and no matter what weight i was it was too much it was too, i was too fat i was too everything everything was wrong and that was um that was a big thing for me to to realize that that's what I was doing because I had um I think it started with bulimia first and then anorexia I ended up with both and I was very very poorly with it um a couple of times and to to reprogram my brain into thinking I'm still not 100% with it. I still am not a great lover of the th- what I what I see when I look at myself. 
but I'm more accepting of it now because of the CBT that I had. Um, I think a lot of what, um, certainly my first experience of CBT wasn't brilliant and I was like, well, it's not going to work for me. Um, yeah, I had to go again and get a better experience of it. But I also had it for PTSD as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's so many different things that you can that distorts your way of thinking. Um, mm-hmm. Like so many, even down to phobias and stuff. I've got a list of things here that that CBT is used to help treat, and it's it like it really is endless even down to, like, as a form of pain relief, which mm, some of it I can understand, some of it, like, in that form. But, yeah, the, the, the amount of things that are on this list that CBTs use to help treat, and you can see mm-hmm. why in the way of how it's to help try and reprogram the way of thinking with those things. Right. Yeah, uh, I do have a list as well um, with, you know, PTSD, Mm. the uh, the triggers. um, Yeah, everything that uh, everything we've gotten into already. And then some uh, it's it's uh, it's a very this is going to be a multi episode Mm-hmm. subject I feel like that's why I, I kind of gave it the CBT one because uh, I'm sure we'll be revisiting this again oh uh, yeah such a vast the, subject so I, I and also I believe that um, the idea the main idea here uh, with CBT now everything I've read and when I was doing it at at the rehab center uh, when I was going through it um, we we worked together as a team between myself and my counselor at the time. Um, and I have an outpatient counselor now that I still see regularly um, that we can work on the CBT together as well. Um, you want to, you want to work together as a team mm-hmm. um, to kind of attack this together. So your, your counselors um, basically the one playing the, the role of, you know, trying to figure out exactly how you're feeling while you're, you know, uh, laying it out there for him, uh, basically. And then working together to come up with a game plan on how to, how to reframe it and move forward. Um, but I also did read, uh, several times that CBT is also something while it, while it works well with, a partnership between you and your counselor. Mm-hmm. I think that the counselor's end goal is to be able to teach you the skills to be able to do this yourself too, so that you can kind of basically handle the, the heavy stuff together as a team. And then the day-to-day uh, stuff that you're going to run into every single day, we walk the planet you can kind of brush things off or maybe uh, reframe it real quick right there. You mm-hmm. can identify and recognize 
these activating events as they come. Uh, so even if it's just something minor, like you're walking, you know, or you're at work or something and you have a little tiff with a coworker, um, you kind of stop for a minute, recenter yourself, uh, ground, think about it and, and say to yourself, is it, is it worth my energy to get this upset over it? Uh, mm -hmm. or is there something we could do that, that will be more productive, uh, in, in, in moving past this or, or moving through this? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. And a lot of, uh, CBT is actually used as well with, I see it a lot in AA, um, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, they have you, um, <laughs> Bo, no, it's not Saturday. Uh, we're we're actually trying to do things on Wednesday now. I think it works better for for both of us. Except I got held over yesterday, uh, so we had to do it on Thursday. But anyway, Bo Bo always distracts me. I mean, that's a cognitive <laughs> that's a cognitive distortion right there. Um, <laughs> so where was I? Uh, oh, AA. Uh, if you look at the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, right in there, you're, you're, um, kind of taking, you're, you're give, uh, realizing that this has become unmanageable for you. You're turning the reins over to a higher power and mm -hmm. then you're, you're taking a self inventory of all your resentments, everything, uh, everyone you've hurt this, that, and the other, then you're going and you're making amends with the help of your higher power. So this, that's, I mean, that's CBT in a nutshell as well. I mean, you see it pretty much everywhere in this, in this mental health field. Uh, it's, it's quite, uh, it, it's an, it's an amazing thing. And, and I haven't by any means become a master of this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what what's going on in the comments? I haven't been able to. There's Swift Beats is in the house. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey Swift. Bo, hey. we got some somebody in the comments for you. They're asking you a question, I believe. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, works, works best as a partnership, but the, the end goal is to be able to probably, you know, try and do this, do these skills yourself. What do you think, Gemma? Have you been able to, uh, yeah. pull any of these, pull any of these skills in that you've. I have. Yeah. Like certainly with the CBT, whilst you're working with your counselor, obviously it's a good, if you can work together, but like you say, the end goal is to be able to go by yourself and use them going forward because the last thing you want to do is when anything comes up is to think I can't deal with this and have to go back to the counselor all the time you need to be able to take those skills and put them to use with anything that may come forward and like you said with um, if you have an argument with a co-worker or anyone um, you want to be able to think well, like you say, is it worth my time getting so upset about this? And rather than either flying off the handle or 
getting really upset about it. You want to put your energy where it's needed and not get so upset about it or argue and cause potentially even more upset in the process. Um, it's Yeah, it's, it's not healthy and you want to be able to use the skills that you've got, certainly. Um, I know I, I have used a lot of what I've picked up from um, the CBTs that I've had in the past, certainly with the eating problems and when I um, when I split up with my partner as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see where they're coming from, if it's mine. Yeah, that might be. What's that? Um, I'm just going to see where they're coming from. Oh, okay. If it's mine, um, are you on Twitch? Or is it mine? Oh, is that what that? That's Twitch? Yeah. If, I'm, oh, if yeah, it's I my... see the little icon now. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so during the course of, um, you know, CBT, mm-hmm. um, some of the things that were, I, I, f- I found the list here I w- wanted to save and go over were identifying problems more clearly, uh, developing an awareness of automatic thoughts. So, that's uh, pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, we're developing a, a awareness of automatic thoughts. So, to me, that means that we're taking, we're we're trying to make this become the norm, versus mm-hmm. what our our norm is already set to be, uh, which is usually negative. <laughs> um, yeah. We want to we want to be aware of that and automatically start thinking more positively. Um, we want to learn how to challenge underlying assumptions that may be wrong. Distinguish between facts and irrational thoughts. Um, that right there is cognitive distortions in a nutshell. What mm-hmm. is fact and what is irrational thought? A cognitive distortion is an irrational thought. It's the same thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we need to, we need to, if, if we take a sentence like I'm a failure, um, let's put that thought on trial. Okay. What's true and what's not true. You know, make the the list on it and see, is this a true statement or is this an irrational thought? Um, so that was a, uh, a very helpful thing I learned at the center is learning to put your thoughts on trial. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, then we want to understand how past experience can affect present feelings and beliefs. We've been talking about that already as well. Uh, our past experiences is all we know. So, uh, of course, we're going to think negatively because a lot of our past experiences are negative. These are the ones that we hold on to, at least. Um, you take a good experience and you file it away and it's there for a rainy day when you think of it. Uh, but mainly our negative experiences are the ones that stick with us. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, use understanding how our past experiences can affect our present feelings and beliefs. We're always going to be projecting this negative uh, outlook. Hmm. Um, we want to stop fearing the worst. 
Uh, we want to see a situation from a different perspective. So a lot of this is saying the same thing kind of over and over again, but it's, it's different, different, different ways of saying the same thing, but also different ways of looking at it. So seeing things from a different perspective is how we break it down and reframe it. Um, so I'm, maybe I'm not a failure. Maybe it was just an unsuccessful so, but such and such. Yeah. Um, we want to better understand other people's actions and motives. Uh, develop a more positive way of thinking and seeing. Become more aware of their own mood. Uh, avoid generalizations, all or nothing thinking, cognitive mm -hmm. distortions. Um, establish attainable goals. This is a big one we should stop and talk about. Uh, establishing attainable goals. It's all well and good uh, to get the basics down here and know how to identify our activating event and identify what's triggering us or what we're afraid of, etc. That's great. We're at that point. Um, and now we're, we're figuring out a game plan of how to, uh, you know, reframe it and, and move past it or move through it. We have to set attainable goals mm -hmm. to get there. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, definitely. That's something that I struggle with, like because of my physical health and the fact that I can't maybe do as much as I'd like setting goals that are way above what I'd be able to do and then getting really annoyed and upset with myself when I've not done them it's like I I know a lot of the time that I'm um like putting too much on myself and the things that I expect of myself whereas opposed to say if I was talking to you say or anyone and I think I'd be kinder with somebody else than myself but I expect way too much of myself and then really beat myself up about it when I haven't done it and I deep down I know the the things that I'm expecting of myself are not realistic for me but it's trying to challenge that and think well no you know I need to be kinder on myself I need to know that I can't achieve that and bring the level of my expectations down of that and um, I think certainly a lot of people would be guilty of doing that, expecting too much of themselves. Whereas if they were saying it to such as a friend, then they wouldn't be as like, I guess, demanding of those of, of their friend or a family member as they would of themselves. They put too much on themselves. Right. You know? Yes, I do. Um, so uh, avoid we did that uh stop taking the blame for everything uh i believe uh, we are all 100 percent guilty of that or at least uh i i can speak for myself and say i i like to take a lot of the blame on myself even yeah. if the other person is clearly wrong it's it's basically what i did in my divorce uh you know i i mm -hmm. shouldered all of that blame uh a lot of it was me, but I also had to learn that it wasn't all my fault. 
Um, so stop taking the blame for every single thing. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stop falling on the sword all the time. Stop being the martyr. Um, focus yeah. on how things are. Focus on how things are rather than how they think they should be or how you think they should be. You know, the, deal with what's real. Deal mm-hmm. with uh, deal with things at face value and and try to or you know stop trying to look into things and make them bigger than they are or worse than they are. Um, because you're going to start throwing cognitive distortions there as well. Mm. Um, face your fears uh, rather than avoid them. I saw this several times for CBT. Um, facing your fears rather than avoiding them. Uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, we didn't go over a whole lot of this uh, when I took the CBT classes. Mm. Um, we, we focused more on triggers and activating events, but I, fears are right up in there. I mean, I've mentioned it a couple of times this evening, um, but, uh, you know, facing your fears head on rather than, uh, you know, running away from them or avoiding them all the time. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I had here was describe, accept, and understand rather than judge themselves or others. So, yeah, we want to learn through CBT, uh, how to accept ourselves uh, and understand ourselves. If there's one thing I've preached on this show, uh, it is that education has been uh, the biggest uh, step towards dealing with it. You can't cope with anything unless you educate yourself on yourself. You got to yeah. know what's up with you. Um, and I think, I believe uh, you, you had made mention of that as well in, in episode five, your, your story. Yeah, about how yeah. You started, you started learning more about yourself and accepting you. Uh, I think that's what you have to do to get on the road to recovery. Um, you, that's one of the biggest things you've got to do before you can get on that road to recovering. Mm-hmm. It's um, Yeah. One of the hardest things to do, but also one of the biggest things. And, and stop judging ourselves uh, yeah. so heavily. I mean, everybody is going to, uh, everybody's going to reach that time when they, you know, Monday morning quarterback or they, uh, you know, think about something they did uh, and how they would have done it differently. The, the, the bottom line is uh, a lot of times what you did was fine and uh, accepting what you did uh, and moving forward and stop judging yourself so much. And, mm-hmm. and you know what, if, if, if something you did does require some action, then take some action. Uh, mm-hmm. But don't just sit there and dwell on it because you're going to drive yourself insane. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You have to, so. you have to realize what it is like if you did something and you have to do something to change that, do that and move on from it. Otherwise, like you say, you'll just drive yourself mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was seeing also CBT has uh, been used in, in, in general uh, pain, chronic pain. Is that yeah. anything you've experienced? I, 
I have actually. I was. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. I heard you say. Yeah. They sent me to. Um, it was a specialist place where I had to spend, I think it was about four weeks. Um, it's, it was a good way away. So we had to, there was quite a few of us. It was like a group therapy session. It was when I was, I'd been early 20s. And we spent about four weeks there going through different, it was CBT and different ways about thinking about our pain, trying to use it as a, a way of pain relief. I have mixed feelings on some of that because it was, I mean, it was before my diagnosis and stuff. So I think certainly here, at, like, it depends on, they're not as understanding here where I am of the conditions I have. Whereas certainly like, in America, it seems to be more, they have more knowledge of it over there, um, for mm -hmm. sure. I've joined support groups and things online and taken a great deal of advice from people in America and other places that have given me advice as to what to do to take to the doctors and get the diagnosis I need. And then... When you have the diagnosis, it helps to then be able to get the CBT. So certainly the CBT that I had after the diagnosis helped more than the one I had before because a great deal of it was more about, well, some of the pains in your head. And that was just reflecting on the doctor that was doing it more than the actual CBT treatment which I know it can get a bit of a bad write-up sometimes, but it depends on the doctor that's doing it or the therapist that's doing it. And I I was, at first, I was like, oh, it's not going to work for me. I'm not trying it again, but I am very glad I did because if, if you have a CBT session that doesn't work, it doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. It just means maybe that person that you're getting it from isn't right for you. And it doesn't okay. say about you. It's again, it's about the relationship you're having with the therapist. It doesn't. Not everybody is right for everybody, and sometimes you need to find somebody else that you can connect with better. And then, when you have that connection, then you can work on it more. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, something you just said there is a, is a very big key factor in any. Uh, it, outside of CBT, but any counseling uh, that you might go enter mm -hmm. into, uh, you have to definitely do maybe do a little shopping around to find yeah. the the counselor that works best with you. Um, mm -hmm. I've I've talked with many folks that come to me nowadays and ask me for some advice on on certain things like this, and I tell them you know you can't get discouraged after two sessions with a counselor and you're not, you're not connecting with said counselor, uh, just shop around and find one that uh, there will be one. I guarantee you there will be one out there that will work with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's it, it, with anything, um, you gotta find you're, you're paying money basically for this service and just like getting a car wash, uh, if if they aren't washing the car to your liking, 
you're going to go to another facility, right? Yeah, same with everything. You've got to find the one that's right for you. And just because one doesn't work doesn't mean all of them are not going to work. You've just got to find the one that's right for you. Yeah, and a lot of that could also have uh, to do with personalities. Uh, it, you might be seeing a counselor that's very well spun up on the information, but if your personalities don't uh, mesh well together, mm -hmm. uh, it, you almost kind of have to, it's, I don't want to say you want to have a, a friendship with your your therapist, but you almost want to almost feel like that. You know, you got to have that, yeah. that mesh work. It's just like people in general, you don't connect with everybody in the world. So to expect you to connect with a counselor, it, it's not forced to happen. Um, like like any, everybody in life, there's people that just do not, connect and they'll just clash and even with a counselor or a doctor or whoever if you're not if you're not getting what you need from them then you're gonna have to move on and find the one that you do like with other people like when you come across people in everyday life if you don't get on with them obviously with people it's easier to just like but I you know not entertain you and go away <laughs> But with a counsellor, especially someone that you're going to have to bear your soul to, then you want to know that you can trust them and you can work with them. Exactly. I, I tell people that all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, hope, I hope it resonates because uh, too many times I hear people want to give up on therapy uh, mm. just because they, they're not getting along. And that then uh, that puts a cognitive distortion into play uh, that yeah. just because this therapist is, is bad, all of them are bad, you know, and I'm not going to ever get anything from therapy. And it's just not true. I've been uh, and there's so, so, uh, so much negative thinking um, in mental health uh, conditions like depression and uh, anxiety, substance abuse, phobias, uh, all this negative thinking that inter interlocks into those, like, uh, you know, black and white thinking. Um, I think that was on the list of cognitive distortions was black and white thinking. Just, mm -hmm. I, I like to think of that, I guess, as just the plain Jane, not thinking outside of the box or allowing yourself to think outside of the box. Um, yeah. It's just all black and white. It's, it is what it is kind of deal. Um, yeah. Over generalized overgeneralization uh just going over the top with it with a negative uh, mm -hmm. um catastrophizing is, is even taking it a step further and everything is a catastrophe uh, i mean even if it's just some little thing at work or something you, <laughs> you go ahead and blow that way out of proportion mm -hmm. um and you know always oh one of the big ones and you know what? Why don't I throw that list back up while we're while we're talking about it again? Just yeah. In case. Um, but one of the biggest ones uh, that I that I liked um, was uh, ignoring the positive. They what do they call it? Filtering out the positive, I, um, like a negative filter. So you take an event, or you take uh, something that's happened here. And you see only 
the negative in it. You, you, you filter out all of the positive things mm-hmm. and focus solely on the negative. And how many times I do that is astounding. <laughs> oh, likewise. Likewise. Yeah. Um, and it, and truly, all CBT, the basics, at least for this episode, for the purpose of this episode, all CBT boils down to is taking these cognitive distortions here and learning how to identify them. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, I said it earlier, um, you'll go through any given day and you'll experience a cognitive distortion probably a thousand times and, and not even be aware of it. Oh, um, yeah. Any decision you make in your day, even brushing your teeth and what have you, like, you know, has the potential uh, to uh, give you a cognitive distortion. Um, you know, if you brush your teeth one day and, and the sink backs up, well, now it, it the sink's going to back up every day I brush my teeth or I brush my teeth and this happens, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I just, even the little stuff, it, it's a constant and ever present thing that we need to learn how to um, focus in on and identify. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, it's, it's true. Like certainly during the lockdown for myself um things got like because we weren't going out and stuff as well and i the whole feeling trapped then like the little things like things that shouldn't have even been a thing were building up and making bigger things and i did start to get where i was catastrophizing with everything and everything was an issue and everything was going to go wrong and like to the point where you like certainly for me I was trying to hold it in so much that it wasn't until I took the rubbish out to the bin and the bag split and it was like oh it's such a disaster and I had the full-on meltdown on the driveway all because the bag split and it really wasn't a big issue but it was the fact that I'd let everything build up to the point where it all just like overflows out of my head and it's just boom and like certainly for me I had to take a step back and realize where it went where it started to go wrong for me and try if I'd have been able to step back before that happened and put like think you know this really isn't that bad and try and be kinder to myself as well at the same time because I was expecting way too much of myself and the whole being locked in being trapped that was just exacerbating things so much and mm-hmm. like because there's one thing to have it all trapped in your head but then to be physically trapped as well that was just really bad for me um, but then I have a lot of issues around being trapped anyway because of being in a relationship where I was physically trapped anyway mm-hmm. so that, that was like the triggers that we spoke about before and I had to identify that and take a step back and try and like ground myself and bring it back to know like it, this is the here and now sort of thing right 
And that takes us back to uh, yeah, last week's episode, um, mm. re recentering ourselves and uh, and and bringing that back, it bringing really it all is. back to center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is all connected. So, um, going go. Or I wanted to add on to uh, what we were talking about about the counselors, because um, mm -hmm. I just thought about it. Uh, one thing that the uh, pandemic has really done well for us is the ability to get on uh, the Zoom platform or, or whatever you may yeah. use for, for video calling or telehealth. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll just call it the telehealth field. Um, it has almost perfected that. Whereas it, it wasn't quite such a thing i mean it was a thing but it wasn't uh, as big as it is the covid covid19 pandemic really kicked this into high gear and so now there's virtually there's there's absolutely no excuse uh in my book and what i tell the folks that that come to me for some advice on counseling and, and stuff like that um to in finding a counselor that jives with you uh it is a, a pain in the ass, uh, or it can be a pain in the ass to try and get an appointment um, pre-COVID, uh, certainly. Uh, I know over here in the States, in the States uh, well, in the state of Maryland, um, you couldn't see a psychiatrist for months. You had to schedule out ahead. They, they were so uh, booked heavy. Um, and, and trying to see a therapist was va uh, virtually the same now with uh the telehealth field being what it is you could you literally have the option to sign on and find a therapist over in uh, california i mean i could find a therapist in the uk right now um they, they've really done a lot of good work in the telehealth field and it just opens yeah. so many doors uh, for you i think that's the way it's going to be because like here obviously like in the UK we have the NHS now the problem we have because we have two main routes here we have something called IAPT and then um, there's that's like at low level mental health for like just depression The when I was referred I was referred to IAPT at first because that was like that was the quickest route, even though I could be waiting like over a year. And they wouldn't touch me because I'd self-harmed in my past. So then I was referred on to the higher level mental health um, appointments. But I couldn't get in there because I, at that time, wasn't actively seeking to end my life. <laughs> Even so you were though, in this weird like, purgatory. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not good. I'm not. I'm too high risk for the first one, but I'm not high risk enough for the other one. But either way, I would have had like months, if not years, to wait for an appointment. And when I got one like the only way I've been able to get mental health treatment is because my son has cancer and I have to go through that route 
of getting the counselling through the charity that does childhood cancer, which is absurd, really, when you think about it. But otherwise, I would have had to pay privately. And there is certainly a lot more out there now. But one thing that I do think is dangerous, and I don't know if you've come across this yourself, there is a website, I won't name it because obvious reasons, but there is a website out there that claims to be for mental health help. And you could, literally, you could go on there and sign up and say that you can help people. And depending on who you get, it could be very dangerous. And that's something that's come about it's not a new thing. It's certainly been around for ages because I actually did try it once quite a few years back and it could be potentially dangerous. So I think people need to double check where they're going first as well when they go online. Make sure it is a verified platform and that it's genuine because that also could be very dangerous. But it is brilliant that there is so much more out there now, certainly online. That is, a, that is a good disclaimer. Um, mm-hmm. while, while the telehealth field has expanded and really taken off in a positive manner, it is good to bring up that uh, yeah. not everybody is out there to help. There is still, unfortunately, the folks that are out for the quick buck or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, our nurse Blondie says, we're trained in ER, not psych. We have had to become trained as best we can. It's a violent atmosphere, and the cops are always there because I have been assaulted by the patients. I'm sure you have oh too, Jen. God. I yes. Um, so I have been uh, assaulted back when I was younger, um, and and times were a bit different too. You get them in the back of the ambulance, and you could you kind of take care of them, not like assault them, but like restrain them. Um, mm. thing, things are much differently, uh, much different these days, um, especially with the, the, the police brutality um, going on and all that stuff. So we have to be very careful. So uh, nowadays, I don't, uh, and I tell my rookies that I don't uh, engage with these patients at all. Uh, if there is an issue, we back away and we let the cops handle. And uh, they're trained to do that. We're trained to treat the patients um but nurse er nurse blondie is absolutely right um nobody in my field uh nobody in the ems field is trained uh, Mm. for these psych patients we're trained to splint broken bones and um do cpr and get you to the hospital with a pulse Mm -hmm. Uh, we're not trained to essentially handle the the cognitive behavioral therapy that we're talking about right here with the patient um and neither are the nurses in in the um now at my hospital we have the what they call it the purple zone that is the psych ward if you will um Mm -hmm. where the behavioral patients will be placed um you know it's the the rooms with um that are locked away uh, you know nothing you can harm yourself with uh, there but really how much are they able to do there's one nurse usually assigned to that station there's five or six rooms back there and I mean how can you you're not getting any treatment there you need to these people need to be seen by trained psychologists psychiatrists etc 
it's sad that so many of them are ending up there now because I know certainly years ago when I, even years back when I couldn't get the mental health help that I needed and I'd taken the overdoses and self-harmed and things, that's exactly where I ended up in A&E, but it's ER. Like, and that's literally where I ended up, like, obviously for the fact that I'd taken an overdose or cut myself and things. But even then, it's like there's so many people there. And when I was in the hospital not long ago in the um, emergency department, the number of people that were in there because of mental health problems and they were being physically abusive and violent and it, it's scary. And it's yeah. like, how has it got so bad? But, I mean, this whole COVID thing won't have helped. Um, the the number of mental health cases has gone so far up. But I think certainly mental health was put on the back burner for this and now they're really, really suffering because of it. And it's the people that are on the front lines that are having to deal with it and that shouldn't be the case. Right. I agree. Uh, well said. Um, and we are about out of time this this week here on the the mental health hour uh let's do a quick review and wrap up like we always do um we we learned uh the cognitive distortions what those are um and basically the basics of cbt um what we're covering for this episode alone there will be more to come on this particular topic um but learning how to identify those cognitive distortions and learning um, how to see them more automatically um, and, and living amongst them because they're going to come all the time um, and anything you deal with. Um, and so we need to reshape the cognitive distortions, reframe them, try and put them in a new light, see them in a new skill or see them in a new light and uh, use our skill sets to work with a counselor um uh, we didn't really mention it but it it also can be used uh cbc can be paired with medicated assistive therapy so antidepressants um for in my case uh with the substance abuse I, i'm on now trexone um, that's a medicated assistive therapy um etc mm -hmm. so that is about the long and short of it for this week as always, if there are any questions, you can hit us up. We're gonna, we've got a new ending screen now that we encourage folks and replay viewers to take a screenshot of. Um, Gemma, if you would you like to say a few words on it as you put um, it together? Yeah, yeah. Like it hasn't got all the countries on, but if your country's not there, please DM me and I can add it. But it's literally just if you need some immediate help someone to talk to there is a list of numbers on there that you can phone and get somebody that you can talk to at any time of the day 24 7 seven days a week that somebody will be there on the end of the phone i'm guessing it will be really busy no, no matter where you are so if you do need that help i urge you to ring those numbers however like 
me, like I'm, I'm certainly not trained in this field. I'm only trained in my own personal experience. But you're more than welcome to contact me. My DMs are open. Um, by all means, all the details are on the bottom. And me as well. Um, and please uh, also get with us. What either me or Gemma on mm -hmm. our DMs or email or uh, any any way you see fit. We're out there on all the different socials. If you'd like to come on the show and talk with us, uh, please feel free to reach out. Yeah. And with that, with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, if if you're still on this broadcast, uh, Nurse Blondie and and such, please, uh, I encourage you to hop over to Lucia's broadcast i see they just started up it looks like her and veda ashley are on live right now talking about mental health as well i don't mm -hmm. remember what topic they have it is oh victim mentality so if you want to hop over there i'll probably be over there shortly as well and thanks for watching guys thank you again Gemma. and no. we will see you next week Thank you.